Everybody watching, everyone in the media, that would include Barack Obama's former advisors, is now in agreement that Joe Biden is senile and cannot govern the United States. Why? He tends to uh, shuffle sometimes mm -hmm. because he has, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, mobility issues that the doctors have identified. Uh, he sometimes his speeches tend to be a little listless or he seems to momentarily get confused or have trouble summoning names. A third of them, the largest number, said age, that he was too old. That is a problem that's not going to get better. He's not going to get younger. He's not going to get any younger. I think there are a lot of people who have looked at him over these uh, last uh, years uh, and seen he isn't what he used to be 10 years ago. He knows he's 80 years old, 79, 80 years old. He knows he's an old white guy in a party is demographically changing and diverse, and the future is not going to be an old white guy. When he does badly, when he stumbles, you get nervous. And you wonder, is it just a stutter? Is he tired? Or something else there? Listen, if anybody says that Democrats aren't beginning to have these questions behind closed doors, that's not true. People are. So the problem with Joe Biden, says Mark McKinnon, is that he's white. Notice the casual racism of the left, 2022. It's ubiquitous. You barely even notice it. That's not the problem with Joe Biden. Who cares what his skin color is? The problem with Joe Biden is he's cognitively unable to serve. Welcome to Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on that notifications bell so you don't miss a thing. Welcome to Open Source News. I am your brother. I am your host, BCP. And of course, we can't put this edition on YouTube because they suspended us for the second time in a few weeks with a bogus strike. So the show will be on here wherever you're watching it, most likely on Locals because they are a free speech platform. This show can also be found on Patreon and on Spotify. Folks, there was another mass shooting on Sunday. You probably didn't hear about it because no black man was shot by police officers. And the shooter, the active shooter, who went into a, a mall in Indiana to start shooting at people, well... He met his demise in a way that the leftists wish he hadn't met his demise that way because it destroys their narrative. Let me show you the initial, the very first um, press briefing that had occurred when this um, shooting incident was being reported and by the police. You're going to hear uh, from... Greenwood uh, Police uh, Chief Jim Eisen and how he initially, from the very beginning, and he's been consistent, initially reported this incident. Pay attention. He's very, very clear in what happened and why the active shooter is not around to give his side of the story and explain his motives. At approximately 6.05 tonight, Johnson County 911 Center took multiple calls of an active shooter in the food court of the Greenwood Park Mall. Uh, what we do know right now is uh, that we have what appears to be one shooter. Uh, looks to be an adult male. Uh, we have not identified him yet. We do not have a motive yet. It appears that he had a rifle with several uh, uh, magazines of ammunition. Um, entered the food court and began shooting. Uh, we have five victims, uh, four have, have been confirmed deceased. 
Um, is the shooter dead? The shooter is deceased. How, so, how, how is he deceased? Uh, we, we believe at this time investigators are still questioning uh, the individual uh, involved, but it appears that a good uh, Samaritan that was armed uh, observed the shooting in progress and shot the um, shooter. Greenwood Police Chief Jim Eisen clearly calls him a good Samaritan. But the press, it appears whether they're in Indiana, New York, California, or anywhere else, have this wokeism and they want to clarify things. But wait a minute, a man, a good Samaritan shot a shooter? Then he must be a shooter too. Jim, you must be, uh, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Star Trek, but you know, the police chief's name is Jim Eisen. I can see the guy go, damn it, Jim, you're wrong. There were two shooters. Let me correct you. The, uh, the police chief, Jim Eisen, is not thwarted. Listen to how he responds to this. And before you said you had one shooter, but I think what you meant is you've got one shooter down and then the shooter who took him down. So you've got two shooters? We have one shooter responsible for the incident and one good Samaritan who okay. shot the person responsible. I like this police chief. No knucklehead. We have one shooter who is the evil one and we have a good Samaritan who took down the shooter. And um, on Monday, they we've got more information of what went down. Um, let me give this to you because in the beginning, we didn't have all this information. Okay. Investigators identify, this is according to the Washington Post, the gunman is Jonathan Douglas uh, Sapperman, 20, and they said his motive remains unclear but that he planned the attack. Sapperman arrived at Greenwood Mall, uh, Park Mall with two rifles, a handgun, and more than 100 rounds of ammo, firing two dozen shots before 22-year-old Elisha Dickin killed him with a 9mm pistol. Dickin, who was shopping with his girlfriend, was lawfully carrying his weapon and is cooperating with the investigation, Eisen said. Eisen uh, went on to say that, uh, that he is a hero. Many more people would have died last night if not for a responsible armed citizen that took action very quickly within the first two minutes of this shooting. His actions were nothing short of heroic. Um, he engaged the, the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun, uh, was very proficient in that, very tactically sound. And as he moved to uh, close in on the suspect, he was also motioning for people to exit behind him. So um, there you have it. And of course, the left is going crazy. Washington Post actually going in the report saying this, saying advocates for expanding gun access frequently justify their positions by citing a scenario in which an armed citizen stops a shooter. Quote, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, the National Rifle Association tweeted Monday. But in practice, this is an uncommon occurrence during mass shootings. In recent studies of more than 430 active shooter incidents dating back to 2000, the FBI found that civilians killed gunmen in just 10 cases. Now, let me tell you folks, when I was studying to get my economics degree, we had, a, uh, we had to read a book and we had a section on how to lie with statistics. And people that have critical thinking skills uh, started to ask questions, hmm, why is it that only 10 in 10 cases did active shooter incidents end with civilians, armed civilians killing these people? Why only 10 cases? But we have to look at the whole picture. Many of these shootings take place in schools and in places that are 
gun-free zones. The killers don't want to get killed or they want to be able to exercise maximum damage. So they go to places where they know that there's a high likelihood that there's not going to be someone armed there to stop them from doing this. That is why there's only 10 cases. And interesting, they only went back 22 years. I wonder if there are more civilian stopping shooters before the year 2000. I don't know, but I wonder if maybe that's why they did a hard stop there because the narrative wouldn't be supported if they went back more than 22 years. I don't know. All I know is that he is a hero and it appears like he pushed his girlfriend to the side and took this guy out. And he is a hero and he is a good Samaritan. Local news got more information on this young man, his family, and some interesting um, anecdotal information of what took place. Let me just play you this local segment so you know what I'm talking about. Jenny Runovich talked to the people that are close to the man who police tonight are also calling a hero. As police rushed shoppers to safety Sunday, Shay Goldman's grandmother was getting frightening calls and texts. She says, Grandma, I'm okay. She said, but I'm terrified. You know, and then she says, Grandma, what is the world coming to? And she said, I don't think I'll never step a foot in the mall again. Her granddaughter was in the food court, traumatized but safe, thanks to Shay's boyfriend, Elijah Dickin. The 22-year-old from Seymour took down the mall shooter. Eli's the man police call a hero. Well, I just know that I'm so proud of him for what he's done. He saved my granddaughter. I know he did. She said on the phone when she called me, she's grandma, I'm okay, that Eli pushed me out of the way and told me to get down and to stay down. And everybody should be proud of him. You know what I'm saying for what he's done? Because if not, that would have been a lot more. Shay told her grandma she spotted the gunman coming out of the bathroom. And she said, grandma, I seen a long gun. And then all of a sudden, Eli told her get down and pushed her. And she said it went from there. Investigators say Eli, within seconds, stopped the suspect, pulled out the pistol he was carrying under the constitutional carry law, steadied himself against a pole, and fired 10 rounds from 40 yards away. The suspect tried to go back in the bathroom, but instead fell to the ground. If he didn't stop, do you think of how many people in that food court? 19-year-old Shay, who's in nursing school, took action too, helping a woman shot in the leg. She said she took her coat off and put a tourniquet around it and waited. Both young people courageous in chaos, police say, amid deadly trauma at the mall. I'm glad they're both okay and I'm glad he did what he did, but we need prayers for him. He needs prayers because that's all. To take somebody's life is hard. Heroes because of constitutional carry. Yeah, the left is not happy about that one. All right, folks, let's get on to a breaking story I thought was uh, awesome because it, if true, and I believe it is, Tucker Carlson, this came from Tucker Carlson, has great sources. Then it confirms what I've been saying since 2020, that Joe Biden has really bad dementia, has really bad problems, and he is on some sort of cocktail that they give him right before they need for him to function. And that's exactly what's going on. Folks, I haven't talked about the business that we own. I haven't really talked about the businesses that we own. We own several businesses. One of them, I'll tell you now because I think it's a little bit safer to say so now, is we staff for a very specialized dementia care. So we have a business where uh, people need in-home care for their for dementia patients or their dementia mother and father 
or they need someone uh, they need someone licensed um, or CNA or trained in specialized dementia care for their family members, either in their home or what have you. And we 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 provide this service. We're the we're the middleman from when they get often discharged from the hospital or care facility to their home or the family's home. These are people that did not want to be in a mass facility, and we facilitate by matching them with the in-home care provider that is trained in dementia care. So I've talked a little bit about dementia care and how I'm familiar with dementia. I'm very familiar with dementia and Alzheimer's and all of that stuff. Now I feel comfortable talking about it. I don't know why I think, I guess it's, we've kind of, that part of our business is kind of on autopilot now. So I don't do as much on a daily basis. I think perhaps earlier I was just afraid of mentioning that because of liability and people always trying to come after you and we're very much hated, but I'm really not operating in that anymore on any sort of daily basis. It's kind of taken on a life of its own. So I'm now mentioning it. And that is why I told you back in 2020, there's definitely cognitive age decline issues with Joe Biden. We recognize it when we see it around here in our household because that is that is what paid our bills. That's actually was the business that allowed me to leave my position as a vice president um, of a bank um, and concentrate more on YouTube and that business and a couple other businesses that we have. We believe in having multiple streams. As you can see, like for instance, I have no income from YouTube because of their false suspension. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent here, but this is what Tucker Carlson, this is a story that Tucker Carlson broke a few days ago, confirming what I've been talking about, about Joey Biden having a cocktail to function. But there's a lot of interesting details in here. Here's an interesting story. Ronnie Jackson is a physician. He joined the White House Medical Unit many years ago under President George W. Bush. He stayed in that job. He went on to serve as physicians to the two subsequent presidents, Barack Obama and Donald Trump. So Ronnie Jackson knows a lot about what it takes to run the country. During the 2020 presidential campaign, Jackson was home watching Joe Biden deliver a speech. And what he saw Biden say bothered him deeply as a physician. Biden had just announced that he was a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Watch. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. So Ronnie Jackson saw that and then went on Twitter. And he made the obvious point. Joe Biden, before this goes any further, should undergo a cognitive examination. The country deserves that. Well, within 20 minutes, Jackson recalls in his new memoir, Barack Obama sent him an email, a characteristically sneering one. And we're quoting. I have to express my disappointment at the cheap shot you took at Joe Biden via Twitter, Obama said. It was unprofessional. I expect better. So that wasn't just Obama speaking. That was the uniform command of the people who run the Democratic Party throughout the 2020 campaign. Do not notice what Joe Biden is actually like. If you see him on television, turn away because you might conclude he is fundamentally, physically, cognitively unfit for office. But you can't say that, and if you do, Barack Obama will scold you personally, immediately. Well, fast forward a few years. Joe Biden is now the president, and his mental decline is no longer possible to deny, and therefore it's no longer off limits. Barack Obama isn't going out and defending Joe Biden's competence anymore. Of course not, because they already rigged it and got him in the Oval Office. 
So the damage is done. They got him in. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess it's obvious now. You can talk about it. It's obvious now, but don't worry about it. Not a big deal now because at least we got him in. We got Trump out and we got him in. But take three steps back. That's not Joe Biden's fault. It's not his fault he has dementia. No, the fact that Joe Biden is president is an indictment of the media and the Democratic Party because they have known. Contrary to what they're telling you now, Joe Biden's decline, his full-blown senility, has been obvious for more than three years. We How did he manage to get through the campaign? Well, it turned out, we learned later, his staff, supervised by Dr. Jill, his wife, was giving him pills before every public appearance, checking the time and at a certain hour giving him a dose of something. Now, that's not a guess. We're not making that up. We've spoken directly to someone who was there and saw it happen multiple times. There you have it. Dr. Jill, his handler, the one there to assist him. We've pointed it out. I pointed it out. We as a conservative community have pointed it out. There's nothing special about me. It, it, you'd have to be a moron not to figure this out. It's just nice to have inside information that confirms what our observations concluded several years ago. Dr. Jill, one of the handlers for Joe Biden, who is not cognitively able to do his job and needs a pill to do it multiple times. But there's more details and the devil's in the details. Now, before taking the medication, this person said, Biden was, quote, like a small child. You could not communicate with him. He changed completely because he was on drugs, and he clearly still is on drugs. No one's pushing to know what those drugs are. We should know. But the point is, Joe Biden's dementia was perfectly obvious to everyone around him more than three years ago. So we never thought this could happen. You can't make a senile man president of the United States. This is our country. This is a real country. It needs a real leader, even one you disagree with but someone who's in full possession of his faculties. No one would ever do that. It's crazy. We're completely wrong. We're wrong because we underestimated the cynicism and the recklessness of the Democratic Party and the media who serve them. They will say literally anything, no matter how implausible or immoral, if it brings them more power. They knew exactly how incapacitated Joe Biden was. They lied about it. And the disaster we're living with today is a direct result of their lying. Two Democrat presidential candidates in the general election, same thing. We saw the same thing with Hillary Clinton. You couldn't talk about the EpiPens and her handler, that big black guy that was would, would stab her with stuff and her whole balloon fits. Couldn't talk about that because they were trying to get her in. Well, people saw that and didn't vote for her, so they didn't take that chance in 2020, and they rigged it for Joey and that's why we're in this mess that we're in. And boy, are the failures deep. We got oil jumping after Biden goes and begs for more oil from the Saudis. And they, they tell him to, to, to pound sand. Oil prices rise above $100 a barrel as Biden fails to secure an oil output deal with Saudi Arabia. So let's see. Here are five things that Joe Biden, who has dementia, and everyone knows it, and some people just aren't going to play around with him, like the Saudis, here are the five failures. Biden-Saudi Arabia tour achievements. More oil pumping? Eh. Nope. Distance Saudi from Russia? Eh. Fail. Keep China out? Eh. Nope. I know. 
Normalization with Israel. Another big X. As someone noted here, it is seldom that our president travels so far and fails all his five agendas. Something that Fox News noticed and Peter Ducey gave a thumping to Corrine Jean-Pierre. So ultimately, we get back from this trip. There's no, no new peace talks in the Middle East. There's no new commitment to increase oil production in the Gulf. So what was the point of this trip? I just read out earlier, uh, Peter, of all the things that had occurred, uh, that we, some of the, um, uh, uh, the do-outs or the, some of the things that uh, we were able to get done uh, during this trip. Man, it's embarrassing that a White House press secretary admits that they just read talking points to you. What's wrong with you, Peter Ducey? Didn't you hear the prepared points I read? Because I can't think for myself. I don't, I, I don't have these things memorized. I really am piss poor at this job. Didn't you hear what I read? You actually expect me to be able to verbalize and communicate that on my own? What's wrong with you, Peter Ducey? Corrine, Pierre, Jean-Pierre Jean doesn't operate like that, the entire fake administration has cognitive issues, apparently. Look, I want to, let's step back for a second and talk about um, what the president was trying to do on this trip. If you look at this region, the Middle East, it's a critical uh, region. Uh, the president, his intent was to make sure that there was not a vacuum uh, in the region so that you didn't have China and Russia stepping in, trying to fill uh, that vacuum. And so it's important uh, for for the United States uh, to, to make sure that we're having those conversations, direct leader uh, to leader conversations, uh, and, that we, uh, and that we talk about our national security, we talk about food security, we talk about climate change. All are issues that are important uh, to the American family. But and so as, as it relates to the oil production, I talked about, and, Jer and Jared talked about what OPEC, OPEC Plus did early in June. Uh, we, are, we are confident that we will, we will be able to measure uh, how the success of, of those conversations that the president had in the next several weeks. Uh, Peter Ducey is not going to let off the hook with that piss poor answer. Insists on a commitment, though he gets back with no commitment, and the price of oil per barrel shot up. Is that what the president wanted? Go so there and have the price so again, more expensive. But again, we have seen gas prices go down in in the past 34 straight days. Peter Ducey asking the question. Yeah, so it was a failure because as soon as he came back, the gas prices went up. Oh no, no, but they were going down before he went, and he failed on that mission. I'm telling you. They all have cognitive issues, and we are suffering because of it. Aren't they still dollars a gallon higher than when you guys took office, though? For, first of all, we have to look at the impact of how we got there. All right, Peter Ducey and Tucker Carlson doing most of the heavy lifting over at Fox News. Uh, but you heard him. He, he pushed back on her. It's going down. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Aren't they still $2 per gallon higher than when you took office, though? Peter Ducey asks. Now I want you to hear her answer, which of course, blaming the war, blaming the pandemic. But I want you to watch this because she's so flustered. She's like, I'm going to answer these questions and you're done, Peter, because you're making me look bad. You're exposing my cognitive issues. Right? We th you think about 
the, the war that Russia has taken on in Ukraine, an unmitigated uh, war and a war that is brutal uh, and that has had an effect on the price gas is going up almost two dollars we have talked about that endlessly and also we are also in a once in a generation pandemic so there are outside factors that has led to gas prices going up to uh, food food prices going up to inflation uh, going up so that is really important what we have seen in the last 34 days is that gas prices have gone down uh, by 50 on average by 50 cents per gallon that matters that matters to teachers that matters to firefighters that matters to nurses that matters to everyday people and the president is going to continue to do the work to make sure the prices go down i'm going to go i'm going to continue peter thank you uh let's see president trump had the pandemic in 20 when joe biden took 2021 the vaccine was already available it wasn't the vaccine supposed to make everything all right and guess what when president trump was in there there was no conflict it's all biden's fault everyone knows this kareen knows this but we're also to make believe that it really that we really believe the regime when they blame it on Ukraine and Russia and the pandemic. Now you're thinking, all right, BCP, Kareen is not a economist. She really doesn't understand what's going on here. Well, let's back up a day. On Sunday, Joe Biden's top advisor, Jared Bernstein, was asked the same thing. What was the point of this? Um, what was accomplished? So let's give Kareen a pass. We know that she is not ready for prime time. This is, folks, I don't talk about this, but this is what makes us black folk look bad. bad. When you have someone that is elevated because she's gay, lesbian, and black, and they want to fill a quota, and it's all about wokeness, and they don't get the best person for their job. I'm sure there's a lot of black women that would have been a lot better than Kareen Jean-Pierre. But maybe they weren't lesbian. So damn it. Gosh, we just got to go with this moron. I can hear the conversations of wokeness happening within Biden's circle. But anyway, here's uh, the top advisor, Jared Bernstein, unable to answer a simple question. Here's him on State of the Union on Sunday. Did he actually deliver anything on the road to that from this very controversial meeting? So we saw Saudi Arabia say that it would increase its capacity for oil production. And I'd refer you to them for more information there. We're not going to answer the question. Ask Saudi Arabia to answer the question. Wow. Talk about passing the buck. Very, very interesting. But once again... This is like when they were asking Jen Psaki about Hunter Biden. Ask Hunter Biden's people. But the question would be, why does the president, the fake president, Joe Biden, keep saying this and that about Hunter Biden when Hunter Biden obviously does this? And Jen Psaki's answer was always, well, I don't speak for Hunter Biden. Ask his people. So the advisor to Biden is asked about Biden's accomplishment and what was really what really happened there by CNN, a pretty friendly outlet, and his answer is, well, you know, go ask Saudi Arabia. That's not all. Uh, before Kareen was on, actually, Jared Bernstein, uh, Bernstein was also uh, at the White House fielding questions, and here's a question from James Rosen over at Newsmax. I'm going to end with this clip because this was a pretty good question and an observation. 
and Jared flubbed it. Here you go. Having it both ways, Jared, because when the gas prices go up, it's got nothing to do with the president. When we see some decline, you want him to get the credit. Uh, look, I think that uh, that, that uh, it, it, there's there's no both way thinking here at all. I think that uh, there has been uh, a consistent, uh, uh, I think, pressure on on this White House to try to do everything it could to ameliorate inflationary pressures, and the president has reacted uh, from the beginning, talking about how this was such an important priority uh, to uh, 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 alleviate these pressures on behalf of the American people. So what did he do? He put his head down and got to work and got us to work to do everything we could to achieve that goal. Uh, 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 yeah. Great question though, right? You can't have it both ways. When the price went up, that was Ukraine and Russia's fault. When the price came down, Joe Biden and his people want to take credit for it. And uh, as James Rosen over at Newsmax uh, asked him or pointed out, dude, you can't have it both ways. And then he uh, he uh, 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 us his way through the answer. I'm telling you, the whole damn fake regime of the fake president, Joe Biden, has cognitive issues. These are the most moronic people ever. Put up Jared Bernstein next to Peter Navarro. And Bernstein couldn't hold Navarro's drawers. He'd run circles around him. That's probably why they are harassing him. One of the many reasons. Because losers hate to be shown up by people who actually have talent. And talent, smarts, a love for America, scruples, um, morals, or anything even remotely decent is lacking from this illegitimate regime. That and a whole his a whole host of cognitive issues. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notification bell so you don't miss a thing.